Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, April 7th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri lawmakers have been working on some big changes that would affect schools throughout the state. I think at this point, there's a lot that is it came out of one chamber, but is now in the hands of the other. So I think we're just going to need to keep following these issues. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke and education reporters from Kansas City will discuss Missouri's education legislation. The Missouri Senate has passed sales tax exemptions for firearms and ammunition. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, senators voted 1915 to approve the bill. Five Republicans joined Democrats in voting against the bill. One of those Republicans was Senator Mike Searpoy. Yeah, a guy goes to the store, he buys a gallon of milk and a, a box of cereal for his kids. And next to him is a guy buying a, a, a box of ammunition. Why is the guy buying food for his kids paying taxes and the guy buying bullets is not? An earlier version of the bill contained an amendment that would have eliminated the sales tax on food. A later version stripped that out due to expected costs. A fiscal note estimated the exemption on groceries would have cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Senators also passed a bill that eliminates the sales tax on diapers and feminine hygiene products. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Leadership in the Missouri Senate is indicating sports betting is unlikely to be approved this session. Disagreements over adding language to the measure to authorize video gaming machines has again halted the bill. Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Rowden says the chances of passing the measure this year are not good. Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo agrees the path is narrow, but says there is a lot of time left in the session. I've seen things, you know, uh, that, that everyone thought were dead and then by the end of the session they're passing with flying colors. So uh, hopefully we can get it done before the, 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 the clock runs out here in the middle of May. The Missouri House passed its version of legal sports betting a few weeks ago. Missouri is receiving federal funding to upgrade water systems. The money comes as the Environmental Protection Agency estimates lead pipes still carry water to more than 200,000 Missouri families. The Midwest Newsroom's Kayvon Mansouri reports. In an effort to combat lead poisoning, the EPA banned new lead service lines in 1986. That still leaves a large and aging lead pipe system in place. Through the federal bipartisan infrastructure law, Missouri will get more than $106 million to replace the old lead pipes. Even low levels of lead can harm children's developing brains. Exposure to lead through water accounts for 20% of a child's overall exposure, on average. Missouri is among several Midwest states where children have higher than average lead levels in their blood. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Kayvon Mansori. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has used a visit to Southern Illinois University Edwardsville to tout his higher education proposals. They include $100 million to boost an existing grant program helping those who need financial assistance. SIUE says 30% of its students receive those grants. Edwardsville Democratic Representative Katie Stewart used to teach math at SIUE and supports the governor's education initiatives. Those are returning the state of Illinois, especially right here in Edwardsville, to its proper place as a destination for higher education. The governor's proposed budget also includes a 7 percent increase in spending for the state's colleges and universities. Pritzker says that is the biggest increase in more than two decades. Work is underway on a new multi-million dollar housing development in North St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports the Hebert Homes Project 
aims to help dozens of lower-income families become homeowners. The project rehabilitates 11 homes and constructs 15 others, mostly for families making less than 80% of the area median income. That's about $75,000 a year for a family of four. Pastor Andre Alexander is the president of Tabernacle Community Development Corporation and says the homes are open to anyone who's interested. I want to emphasize that you don't have to be like a member of our church or even be a family that we currently serve in our nonprofit. If you have an interest in a home, we're, we're willing and ready to work with you. Alexander says the development adds density to North City and complements the community services like banking and a health clinic his organization has built out nearby. He says the new homes will be completed over the next 12 to 18 months. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. A Washington University librarian is launching a project to inform St. Louisans about Asians in the region and their contributions over the past century. Joan Wang received a $10,000 grant from the Missouri Humanities Council to digitize interviews and images about Asian life in St. Louis. She hopes the project makes younger Asian Americans proud of their heritage. The project provides the next generation how they would like to interpret history and how they would like to understand their parents, their grandparents, and how they would share the history with the public. The online initiative will be available by the end of the year. Education funding takes up a large portion of Missouri's state budget, and concerns around education come up a lot on the House and Senate floors. This year, that includes teacher pay, school choice, and even sports betting. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke joins KCUR in Kansas City reporters Jody Fortino and Madeline Fox to discuss education legislation in Jefferson City. So, Jody, going into the legislative session, lawmakers said teacher pay would be a priority. How has that gone so far? So Missouri pays its teachers some of the lowest salaries in the nation, but there is some movement that could change that. So the General Assembly approved a grant program last year that would help boost teacher pay, but that's temporary and it would only foot 70% of the bill, so districts would have to cover the rest. So lawmakers have been looking for more permanent solutions. A bill that would address a few teacher pay issues passed the House and is now awaiting consideration in the Senate. It would raise the minimum teacher salary from 25000 to 38000 starting in the 2024-2025 school year and allow districts to raise pay scales for hard-to-staff subject areas or hard-to-staff schools. So like last year, the districts can still apply for a grant to assist in paying these salaries in the first few years. And Kate, coming out of the pandemic, we saw a lot of states considering so-called parental bills of rights. What are those and what are we seeing in Missouri? That's right. This idea kind of gained steam in Missouri and nationally as conservative parents organized to challenge how schools teach race, history and diversity. So the Missouri Senate passed a bill that kind of ties together multiple policies related to transparency and rights for parents, as well as restrictions on how race is talked about in schools. So the bill, in part, would create a state database of curriculum, textbooks, and other instructional materials that's going to be called the Missouri Education Transparency and Accountability Portal. So citizens would be able to access this information for each school, and there would be additional requirements about providing information to parents within certain time frames. The Missouri State Teachers Association represents teachers and has concerns about what the legislation would mean for educators. I talked with Matt Michelson, the director of education policy for the group. I think that's just an additional burden 
um, that isn't benefiting student achievement, uh, but is really just there to create this massive database. And the bill also includes language regulating the discussion of certain concepts and beliefs in schools. So that bill has now been referred to a House committee. And that's not the only bill that's dealing with controversial issues that we've seen around the country. Jody, we've also seen some bills that would limit what transgender kids can do in school, in sports, um, and in a lot of other ways. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's correct. So Missouri legislators, like legislatures around the country, also saw a wave of anti-trans legislation. The Missouri Senate passed a pair of bills last month barring transgender minors from receiving gender-affirming health care and participating in sports that align with their gender identity, but they still need to pass in the House. So one of those bills would bar transgender children under the age of 18 from accessing transition-related health care. So that's things like puberty blockers. The other bill that would more so impact schools is one that would prohibit athletes from participating in a sport that is, quote, designated for the biological sex opposite to the student's biological sex as correctly stated on the student's official birth certificate. That ban would apply to charter schools, public schools, and private schools through the collegiate level. And Kate, we are also seeing politics a little bit come for libraries, which serve some of the same functions and the same populations as schools do and so have a lot of overlap. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with library funding? Yeah, so the House passed a budget bill that removed $4.5 million for public libraries. That's not school libraries, but schools get involved in this because the reason they removed that funding was kind of in retaliation for a lawsuit over school libraries. So the lawsuit was challenging a law that resulted in hundreds of books being removed from school libraries at the start of this school year. And so the Missouri Association of School Librarians and the Missouri Library Association filed a lawsuit together. And so that's kind of how the public libraries and the school libraries got wrapped up into this same issue. So House Republicans said they removed the funding because they didn't want the state to pay for this lawsuit. But the president of the Missouri Association of School Librarians, Melissa Corey, told me that's not how this works. Our organizations are volunteer-led. Members can voluntarily join through membership dues, um, but we are not state-funded organizations. The other large piece of that is that ACLU is offering their services pro bono. Now the Senate is working on its version of the budget, and the chair of the Chamber's Appropriations Committee, Senator Lincoln Huff, who's a Republican from Springfield, told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that the library funding is going to be put back in their version. So it's going to be a back and forth between the chambers over funding on libraries. And there's another issue that might change as the Senate and the House reconcile their bills. Kate, can you tell me a little bit as well about diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, so this is another issue that came up in the House's version of the state budget, but is now in the Senate's hands. So throughout the House budget, funding for programs or staff related to diversity, equity, and inclusion is prohibited. So that includes public higher education institutions, and it includes the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, which oversees public schools. So that's another thing that is now in the Senate's hands. And Jody, we've also got a bill moving through that could change who's in schools and how they get there. Can you tell me a little bit about open enrollment? That's right. Open enrollment has reached the Missouri Senate after it made it through the Missouri House narrowly last month. So what open enrollment would do, it would allow students to enroll outside of the district that they live in. And they're saying that they'd want to do this because it would give students more of a choice. And that's coming from State Representative Brad Pollitt. He's from Sedalia, and he's the chairman of the Elementary and Secondary Education Committee. It is not people in Jefferson City making decisions on their district. 
the taxpayers of that district have that power in this bill. And if every year 3% of those folks want to leave a district, then um, why are we holding them captive in that district? In the meantime, critics are concerned that could defund already struggling districts in the state and further segregate public schools. And another one that doesn't seem like it maybe has much to do with schools, but sure does. Kate, can you tell us why sports betting and education are being talked about in the same sentence? Yeah, they don't seem like they would naturally be connected, but it comes down to funding. We're interested in this as education reporters because tax revenue from this would go to education. So the latest on sports betting, the House passed legislation making it legal in Missouri. And after hours of debate, the Senate version didn't make it to a vote this week. So it's still in the Senate's hands. So what are you guys expecting to see next as the legislature winds down? I think at this point, there's a lot that we just talked about that is it came out of one chamber, but is now in the hands of the other. So I think we're just going to need to keep following these issues as the legislature kind of tries to come to an agreement on what this might look like. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke, along with KCUR's Jody Fortino and Madeline Fox, talking about education legislation in the Missouri legislature. Our Brian Moline edited that report. Ashley Lissenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.